Welcome to the Supernatural Creatures and Lore Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. This podcast is dedicated to the television series Supernatural, but in such a way that we talk about the creatures, mythology, lore, occult, supernatural, mumbo-jumbo happenings and things that go bump in the night. Uh, My co-host, Kat, is getting ready for her high school graduation coming up. And so joining with me, pitch-hitting for Kat, is uh, model actress Mel Heflin joining me once again. Thank you for joining me, Mel. Thanks for having me. Tonight's episode is Scarecrow. We are still in season one of Supernatural, and after arguing about the search for their father, Sam and Dean split ways. Sam continues the search in California, and Dean to hunt the mysterious disappearance of pass of disappearances of passing through couples in Maryland. This episode aired on January tenth, two thousand and six. Um, one of the things I loved about this episode was it gave us uh, a rather cool and memorable unique villain i think most of the great unique villains come from season one two and three of supernatural don't you agree mel i totally agree um in the original seasons the first few seasons you have such a variety rather than just angels and demons which you know it's it's just for me at this point it's nostalgic that seems to be all we get currently is just like angels and demons and uh, you know all that stuff uh there's still so many urban legends that they could cover on the show i agree entirely i'm not a very religious or biblical person by any means and um while i really love the show and no matter what they do with it um i am going to love it forever i just am so nostalgic specifically about the earlier seasons because of the urban legends Uh, and their takes on it. Now, the guy who directed this episode, I have praised, uh, sang his praise many a times, and I'm going to continue to do so until the day I die. Uh, Kim Manners directed this episode. Kim Manners is well known for directing several thousand episodes of, several thousand hours of television. Um, He was very closely associated with the X-Files. He directed some of the well-known best episodes of the X-Files. Kim Manners died of cancer uh, three years into um, Supernatural's run. He died in like 2008 or 2009. Um, But every time he's a director on an episode, I will always sing his praise because he was that great. Um, the, uh, this episode also happened, speaking of the X-Files, I thought it was kind of funny, is what actor from the X-Files appears in this episode, Mel? Uh, that's a great question, but I'm going to make a guess if I may. I'm going to guess, um, the mechanic. No. No. (laughs) All right. Were you a fan of the X-Files? I was not. Oh, okay. That might be why. William B. Davis, who plays the college professor that Dean goes to see for information about Scarecrows, otherwise known as CGB Spender, otherwise known as the Cigarette Smoking Man, the (laughs) villain of the X-Files. I'm going to have to say I was kind of close on that one. (laughs) Uh, Cigarette Smoking Man is basically the the Darth Vader of the X-Files. He was, of course, uh, Mulder's biological father, which makes him the Darth Vader of the X-Files. Of course, it didn't hurt any the fact that Darth Vader and Cigarette Smoking Man both need breathing apparatuses to help them breathe later on in life. (laughs) But I digress. The Scarecrow himself, I actually contacted on Twitter to see if he can come on the show, but that is a busy, busy man. He's played by a guy named Mike Carpenter, who has had a long career in stunt acting. In fact, he stunt acts currently on another 
um, WB, CW show, because originally Supernatural was on the WB before uh, it became the CW when the WB merged with the UPN network. Um, and Mike Carpenter currently uh, stunts for um, Brandon Routh, a.k.a. The Atom, on DC's Legends of Tomorrow. I always completely appreciate when there are stunt actors in place on films, um, in places where there's a possibility to cast a regular actor. I find that stunt actors, uh, their movements are just so much more precise. So I can completely appreciate that. Also, he stunt acted Jared Padalecki, who happens to be one of the actors on this show, up until 2013 when he got a uh, gay, that when he became a stuntman for Arrow, and now is currently on DC's Legends of Tomorrow. So he's had a long career in the uh, CW network, but the fact that he was the stunt actor for Sam Winchester, and then now is the stunt actor for The Atom. Um, Brandon Routh, former uh, Superman actor from Superman Returns, uh, just shows the amount of talent this guy has. But yeah, he stunt acted Jared Padalecki for 173 episodes. How fabulous! He's got to be a pretty big guy. <laughs> Definitely, because Jared Padalecki is a is a pretty big guy too. Yeah. You being down in Virginia, which is very very much uh, like farm country kind of down there, you know, Virginia's oh, yeah. got a lot of farms. Do you see a lot of scarecrows when you're driving around? I'm, uh, there are so many. My mom used to always have this adorable little scarecrow. Adorable? Um, It was adorable. Um, Most of them are pretty adorable, but then every now and then you'll pass one that could very easily uh, be something that, like, you would see from this episode. Um I think it has a lot to do with how old they are uh-huh. or whether they were handmade or not. And most of the ones in Virginia are handmade, and uh, they are actually scary. But not the one your mom had. No, my mom was just adorable. She, <laughs> you know, I can still picture it. Sorry, sorry. I know I'm getting a little bit off track, but um, a lot of people really did have really scary care- scarecrows. And in place of scarecrows, it was pretty rare, but you'll see pie pans attached to stakes in the ground. So some people would opt for that. And then you have the occasional um, dinosaur or Bigfoot in place of a scarecrow. Mm -hmm. I don't know where people are going with that. I don't know if they work or not. I'm not putting a T-Rex in my backyard, Mm. but each their own. I always thought that uh, scarecrows happened to be um, like ominous uh, totems. In, in such a way, and they always looked ominous because of the fact that it was a, a scary-looking man uh, strapped to a piece of wood out in the middle of a field. <laughs> I guess I could definitely see it that way, but I'm just so used to them and seeing them everywhere in Virginia that um, I, I guess the shock factor is just worn off on me. The the scarecrow in the episode happens to be a pagan scarecrow, and according to the Supernatural Official Companion Season 1, pagan gods are the personification of aspects of nature and the universe. Since they are gods, they are generally assume any form they choose, but they tend to take on human or animal aspects. Their worshippers perform rituals in order to gain bountiful harvest, good health, fertility, wealth, and protection from other deities. In order to secure these blessings, they provide human sacrifices and appeasement. Norse mythology is, best, is probably best known for such gods as Thor, Odin, and Loki, 
who belong to the subgroup Asir. And there are also many minor gods that belong to the subgroup Vernir, who are the ones for whom villages built effigies, the forebearers of scarecrows in their fields. When Vernir wish to communicate with their uh, subjects to devour the sacrilege offerings, they often possess these effigies. So basically the scarecrow in this episode was a god that possessed a uh, the husk of a scarecrow. Humans have used scarecrows around the world for over 3,000 years, if you can believe that. The first historically recorded one uh, use of scarecrows was by Egyptians to protect their wheat fields along the Nile River. Um, now, the word scarecrow, you think that it's meant to scare off uh, like actual crows, but do you think a crow would actually be scared of this thing just sitting out there with its arms stretched out? Um, birds definitely are. They, um, I think that they think that they're humans and, um, birds are so... Stupid. <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't going to say stupid, but, uh... That's okay. Shy, there are no birds that listen people, to this podcast. <laughs> um, like, especially with berries, I, I plant grapes, strawberries, all those things, and they will come down and just eat everything. Little bastards. Anyways, um... They won't go near anything if there's a person around or an animal or anything. I don't know why they don't make scarecrows out of animals as well. I haven't really seen that. It would make as much sense to have a scarecrow who's a dog as than, you know, a human, either which one. But uh, I, I think that birds especially are scared of either. Not so much rabbits, though. Have you ever heard of the um, the film Dark Knight of the Scarecrow? It sounds familiar. I've seen several Scarecrow movies. I'm just ter- terrible with names of people and names of movies, so I've probably seen it. This is considered to be one of the uh, first original Scarecrow horror movies. Um, the film star is Larry Jake, Charles uh, Durning, uh, Tanya Crow. Uh, Larry Drake you might know as the villain from the Darkman films. Um, he actually just passed away uh, a couple of years ago, a uh, year before last actually. In the movie, he plays a mentally uh, challenged man who befriends a young girl, and uh, they form a close friendship, Bubba and Mary Lee, in the kind of like, why is that older man playing with that nine-year-old girl kind of creepy way? I've seen this one. (laughs) Yes. Um, So the townsfolk, led by the local postman, believe this is inappropriate. So uh, they chase him down, um, and... It's basically it's a lot of like um, the the lynch mob is not exactly um, wh- what they think is going on isn't actually happening until the girl I think is like knocked unconscious. Uh, oh no, she's mauled by a vicious dog, and they think that Bubba, who does actually ward the dog off, he he frightens the dog away with a pitchfork um, and carries the girl to town. They think that that he uh, he uh, beat her up and raped her. And so they go after him, and he hides in a scarecrow. Uh, he puts on like the scarecrow costume or whatever, and then they they uh, they kill him. And uh, at his funeral, his mother puts a curse upon them, like just you know saying you're gonna get yours, uh, not an actual curse. But they uh, one by one by one, the lynch mob is picked off by a scarecrow, and they keep seeing a scarecrow in their 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 fields because each one of them are like farmers or they own some land. And they keep seeing the scarecrow that they killed appear in their fields. You know, what's strange to me is why people aren't scared of creepy-looking scarecrows. Like, 
I'm used to seeing a lot of them, but from these shows specifically... Oh, actually, that leads me to a question. So, what we have here is of honor. I never quite grasped the little piece of the episode where Dean Winchester pulls up the sleeve of the Scarecrow when he's taking a look at it, and he sees the tattoo of one of the men that went missing out of the couples. I didn't, like, I know that the Vonners devour these people, but they don't in, devour them in its entirety, or are we talking, um, uh-oh, what's that movie? The creepy guy in the trench coat, in the big truck. Oh, you mean uh, Jeepers Creepers. Yes, yes. Are we talking like Jeepers the creeper. Creepers where they take a piece? It was never quite explained in the show how the scarecrow ended up with this guy's tattoo. And I'm not trying to pick it apart. I just am trying to understand it. I think the, I think they um, they honestly were running two plot lines in that episode. One was Dean uh, hunting the scarecrows, and one was Sam meeting uh, the yellow-eyed demon's daughter, Meg, mm-hmm. um, which is basically took up a lot of time that they probably could have do- dedicated to the scarecrow, and they so probably are you could have suggesting in... maybe a deleted scene, um, possibly. Perfect sense. But I don't I don't recall the actually I have a D, I have the box set. The first season box set right here with me. Yeah. And I can look to see if there was a deleted scene on it, but I'm pretty sure that the uh, season one... I don't one... remember a deleted scene. Maybe it was written and never filmed? Scarecrow. Oh, there is a deleted scene on, on here, but I don't think it would have been that long. So I don't... But I, I don't... I don't really know. Yeah, there's, there's like a slight, tiny, tiny little piece missing of an explanation from this. And I pick up on it every single time I oh watch this one. Hmm. yeah i i didn't watch the deleted scene for this episode maybe i should have before uh doing this podcast that is my shame that uh, i would definitely have to research but if you happen to know dear listener you can leave it in a comment section below here on the website or on itunes on whether or not the deleted scene actually has a little bit more information about like what the scarecrow does exactly. I well, don't forget that he does eat him because don't you remember that the uh, the townsfolk are fattening up the uh, the uh, the couples that come by? They just keep giving them more and more food. Yeah, I mean it, it was never quite explained all the way. Like we never, you know, it's it's so nostalgic and reminiscent of '80s horror movies where. It's, More of what happens is just blood splatter rather than seeing the detail of what the monster is doing, which I love and appreciate. But it's just like, does he gobble them down or is he sewing himself some new parts? I just, I can never get enough of Supernatural and I just always want to know more. Exactly. Maybe that's it. <laughs> hmm. Dean meets Emily in the episode, the one of the girls that he tries to save, and says, I don't understand. They're going to kill us? Dean says, sacrifice us, which is, I don't know, classier, I guess. <laughs> a very Dean-ish thing to say. Somebody asks a very great question, why do we have scarecrows? And, I mean, the answer is pretty much the same as all the others. Farmers have always used them, excuse me, farmers have always had a problem with birds eating their crops. Long ago, there was no corn or wheat to make bread, and families would have no staple food. So more than 3,000 years, again, this goes back to Egyptians. Uh, in Egypt, rec- records show that farmers by the Nile would use uh, 
Farmers by the Nile River enticed quail birds into big nests which were set on poles. Then they took their catch home and cooked them for dinner. 2,500 years ago, the Greek would were modeling their scarecrows on a man who was said to be so ugly that he was by the fields, he scared the, bir- the birds away. The Romans copied the Greeks and made similar carved scarecrows. As Romans conquered lands, including England, they introduced this idea of a human-like scarecrow. It became a widespread practice even as far as Japan. The Japanese originally scared birds away with their rice fields with bad-smelling poles called kakashis. These generally took on a more human form. In Germany, they made them look like witches. Over the centuries, each country was developing its own style. In medieval Britain, the task was done by boys of nine or older. The patrol, they patrolled the fields with bags of stones to throw out the birds and chase them off. They were called birds. Uh, they were they, uh, sorry. They were called bird scarers or bird shooters. And of course, scarecrows are still used all over the world. Scarecrows obviously are uh, heavily associated with the fall and Halloween. Um, and and we all know what the most famous scarecrow of all time was is from the Wizard of Oz. Of course. <laughs> These townspeople are the real monsters here. Of course. I honestly think so. The pagan god uh, and the Vonner. I mean, I I almost feel bad for him getting caught up in these evils town people uh townspeople. Uh they're just trying to make their crops pretty. Like that's nice and all, but they can put in a little bit of extra work and water their fields rather than praying for rain. Anyways, um they fatten all these couples up year after year and and I have such a problem that when they decide to capture, well, I guess it was easy with Emily, but to capture Dean and lock them into the cellar handcuffed, why couldn't they have at least fed them some pie? (laughs) Dean would have loved that. I know, right? Like, all these couples get fattened up and, you know, treated like uh, a Thanksgiving turkey. Everybody's all nice to them and letting them think they're getting their car fixed for free and, you know, the, the pies in the house yada yada and they can't even offer their next sacrifices some pie like i know dean was a pain in their butt and everything oh yeah he isn't was that, like tradition to give them a last meal yeah totally and then and then it happens to be the young girl's uh aunt and uncle uh because her parents are dead so she was raised by her aunt and uncle who decide that well they need a sacrifice and they need a couple apparently because can't just sacrifice one you need you need a man and a woman um and uh so they sacrifice their only uh niece and uh the random stranger who won't go away <laughs> why couldn't they have volunteered i i guess that was sort of um insinuated that they need to be younger or anything but they didn't even try what it looks like to me yeah um, in fact, they don't forget they grab the uncle and they ki- the, the scarecrow grabs the uncle and kills him, but the crops still all kind of uh, start dying because they return um, the next day and they burn down the, um, the the fertility tree. You know that leaves me more questions. What happened to the Vonner, the scarecrow? Um, does the scarecrow still exist? It probably exist? left. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, there's a great picture on uh, wideopencountry.com yeah, of a scarecrow. And it there's not much of a body there or a figure there. It's just like a hat with a cloak on a couple of like tree limbs in a, in a pole. So mm-hmm. it looks like the tree limbs are the scarecrow's arms, which make it look much creepier. 
uh, that you have to see and check out. Yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> there was a um, horror movie that came out uh, a few years ago. I, 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 uh, man, I cannot remember the name of it. Um, in which uh, there is an urban legend about an artist that no one has ever seen or met before who mails scarecrows to people. What? Yes. I want to see this. I cannot remember the name of the movie, but you do not want to watch it past the first like half an hour because the rest of the movie is terrible. Oh. And it just has such a crappy ending, and you're just like, wow, this sounds like, like a great idea. I cannot remember the name of it, but... Um, this couple is hiking in the woods and they come across a deserted cabin and they go in the cabin and it's not so deserted. They think it's the, this artist's home. They think they, they found the, uh, the long, like the long lost home of this artist that, uh, which I just, you know, gave the, gave you the, um, his, his backstory for, um, because the wife tells the husband, you know, I think it's this artist, this artist that mails all these scarecrows all over the people. And then they flash to a news or like a bunch of website links. And it shows like, you know, one of the most reclusive artists that no one has ever met before famous for mailing scarecrows to people or sending people scarecrows. Like people would wake up the next day and there'd be a scarecrow on their front lawn. You know what I mean? Where the (laughs) hell would it come from? And I'm like, I want to do that. I should do that. <laughs> I need a scarecrow uh, for my new garden. <laughs> Is that what you want to do? Do you want to like become the scarecrow woman? You just like quit your your glamorous modeling career and and acting career and just start like making these demonic looking scarecrows and sending them to people. As if you know. Um, maybe I'll just hire one of these bird scares. <laughs> what if he was like sent to people who'd like deserve it? Kind of like you know, like really bad people. You know what I mean? Like an omen. Like I know what you did. Like you go on the national, like maybe sex offender website and start looking up the people in your area who have, you know, are are pretty bad and just like sending them scarecrows or hanging out at the local, you know, um, you know, police station or, or local prison and see who gets out, follow them home and then like give them a scarecrow. You know what I mean? Because you're like, I know <laughs> you're on parole and I know that you're, you got off or whatever, but I mean, you're still a bad person, still Done See, bad things. I'm not very sleuthy. <laughs> I would totally get get caught doing something absolutely ridiculous. Like they they would catch me in like the most ridiculous thing ever. I would be like dressed up as a gnome trying to place a scarecrow in their yard or something, and it would just make me look ridiculous. <laughs> but if anybody has any suggestions for the creepiest scarecrow for me to find and or make uh leave some comments for me in the comment section below or you can uh you can also uh tweet at mel at her twitter which is at mel heflin m-e-l-h-e-f-l-i-n with creepy scarecrow ideas or you can drive to virginia and just start like you know dropping scarecrows off in my front yard yeah exactly i'll use it yes (laughs) With the oh man, I was going somewhere with this. Um, would you be able to dress up like a scary military scarecrow because your husband's in the military, or would you be like put on some like watch list on the base? Oh no no no! It it, it wouldn't be a big deal. I I get away with pretty much anything I want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounded awful. Um. I, I'm, I would have to add sexy to that. Sexy military scarecrow. I don't think there's um, anything... How do you make a scarecrow sexy? It's been done. In the done. Wizard of Oz porno, oh, maybe, yeah. but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what 
what I'm talking about. <laughs> Ew. Um, I mean, unless you have some Cillian Murphy fantasies, because Cillian Murphy played um, Scarecrow in the, the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, no, uh, he creeps me out. <laughs> that creeps you out. But apparently yeah. Scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz turns you on. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a joke. <laughs> right. <laughs> for Halloween, you're like, honey, put the Scarecrow Wait, costume. Don't me for my Scarecrow fantasies. Honey, put the Scarecrow costume on again for Halloween. Oh. oh bring back memories, man. Dorothy-like. <laughs> <laughs> Come check out my picket- picnic basket, Scarecrow. <laughs> We better watch what we say. We're going to end up with people dressed as scarecrows in my front yard. Yes, totally. So if you would like to um, go to 123 uh, American Boulevard, West Virginia. I have no idea where you live. Uh, (laughs) Hey, you were pretty close. You know, people could just like start going up to military bases in Virginia and just like leaving you scarecrows until they find the one you're at. If somebody wants to leave me a scarecrow that bad, I will get a P.O. box just for this reason. I totally want to do that idea of, like, the guy who left the scarecrow. It's just like, it's like Mr. Something. Mr. I almost said Mr. Tib. Scarecrow? No, it's, it's, God, what is it? (laughs) Okay, by the way, there was a TV series called um, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, and I always thought, like, like, it was, uh, like, a king and a scarecrow fighting crime when I was a kid. I didn't oh know what God. the hell. So I was thinking, wait, there's a scarecrow and a king, but his name's Mrs. King. I don't understand. How could a miss? How could a woman be a king? <laughs> um. So I didn't I'm know sure that it's it was. Been done. Yeah, but yeah, yes, definitely. But I had no idea like uh, anything about like the context of sitcom or sorry, not sitcoms. The context of dramatic television outside of cartoons. So hearing this title, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, I was like, what? And now, and then growing up later on, I did watch it, and I loved that. I loved Scarecrow and Mrs. King. They were two uh, private investigators that worked together <laughs> to solve crimes. <laughs> there is uh, a Scarecrow. I mean, there's a lot of Scarecrow. If you go to Pinterest and type in Scarecrows, you can find a bunch of really great Scarecrow pictures. I love also love the ones that use like the pumpkin, um, like pumpkins for heads. Maybe with the stem as the nose. I don't know. I like the sackhead ones because I feel like they're a little more mysterious and ominous. And, like, you could go to bed at night and, you know, say goodnight to your garden and your crops and stuff. People do it, actually. Um, say goodnight to your crops, go inside, right. go sleep, and then wake up, not know that there's somebody inside the scarecrow from overnight. The, you know, the sackhead ones are just a little more ominous, I think. True. One thing I found which was kind of interesting is that um, built bears look like witches, and many scarecrows are meant to be frightening to humans as well as animals, reflecting the fear based in superstition. And according to Modern Farmer, the word boogeyman comes from what German farmers used to call their scarecrows. Huh. And the I Germ- never knew that. Hmm. And the German immigrants of the 1800s is what brought scarecrows over here to America. Midwest farmers I... continued using scarecrows... Uh, through the Great Depression and into World War II on their farms, as well as overseas to uh, possibly uh, act as decoys for the enemy. So I do notice uh, around Virginia a lot, there are scarecrows that are sitting down in chairs um, more often than standing up or 
on um, on a cross or a pike or whatever you want to call it, they're often sitting down. And sometimes there's even tables next to them and, you know, like an arm on, on the table and everything. So that actually makes a lot of sense that scarecrows are supposed to be scary to humans as well because, you know, if I'm going to go steal some crops in the middle of the night and I don't notice but I look over and there's somebody sitting right there in the dark, you know, I wouldn't, I, I would just run away. <laughs> You'd be a little <laughs> bit frightened. something that I was up to doing. So that makes a lot of sense. I never really thought about why the scarecrows were sitting down rather than somebody being too lazy to, or lazy or too cheap to go buy a stand for the scarecrow. There's a famous series of children's books called uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Are you familiar with it? I really am. I I might not remember some of the stories. But there were like black and white pictures in there that were like just ghastly, yes. like frightening images. And there's one called, there's a story in there about uh, Harold. And that's a scarecrow story within those uh, are your uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, which actually, by the way, has a documentary coming out about the history of the books and the artists in the books. And Guillermo del Toro wants to adapt it into a television series. Can we just do it already? I've been hearing about this for over five years. <laughs> what, the del Toro TV series? Uh, no, I've been hearing about it getting turned into a movie, getting it turned into a TV series, this and that, this and that. Well, the documentary... I don't know if the, different people have picked it up or what. The documentary will be out this October. Oh, finally. Yes, Something. it was kickstarted. It, I mean, it was kickstarted by, like, one one guy is working on it. So um, it was kickstart. It was successfully kickstarted, and he got it completely funded. And uh, he came on the show, like, a year ago, and uh, he recently announced that it will be out uh, this uh, Halloween. Fantastic. So a lot of people were hoping maybe it will come out on Halloween, because Halloween happens to be on a Tuesday this year. Tuesday is when new media gets released, usually. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's when we'll get it. Um, a lot of things happening on Halloween this year. That's coming out. Uh, the uh, the new season of Stranger Things is coming out. Uh, Castlevania, the animated series, is coming out. So a lot of a lot of good stuff happening in Halloween. That's pretty much all the time we have here tonight on the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast, talking about scarecrows and our only our own adventures with scarecrows and scary scarecrows and things like that. Scarecrows themselves are very intimidating. If you have a chance, definitely try and find a copy of Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. It's one of the best scarecrow horror movies that have come out there. There's also a movie called Scarecrows, came out from Scream Factory. Um, Scarecrows has appeared in several different medias, of course, in cartoons and, you know, The Wizard of Oz and such. Uh, thanks to my standing co-host, Mel Heflin, for joining me for this, uh, for another episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore. I had fun. Yes. Mel, where can people go to find you and maybe book you for an awesome gig in the future? <laughs> hey, I'm available on Twitter and Instagram at Mel Heflin, M-E-L-H-E-F-L-I-N. And I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mel Heflin. And you can join me and Mel in the Supernatural Creatures and Lore group. Drop us a line, leave a comment, send a picture, comment on an episode. And you can find this episode on iTunes or here on the RadioHorror.com website. And don't forget, you can also tweet at us at SPN Creatures and Lore. And if you want to send us an email, you can at that radio of horror at gmail.com don't forget we also have a patreon page so if you wish to help sponsor or uh, contribute some money to the creatures and lore podcast you can at the radio horror patreon and we leave you now with our theme music by jesso lantern here on supernatural creatures and lore podcast good night everyone good night 